Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. Now, everybody, today I'm going to blow your minds. I have quotes from the man himself, True Father. I have slides that you cannot see, but I'm pulling from. Like, I'm pulling out all the stops because this episode needs to be heard. This is going to be the, it's the penultimate episode of this year, meaning second to last. And I think it's one for the ages, not because I'm such a great speaker or anything like that. It's because we have information, thanks to our true parents, that is transformative on the individual level, but all the way up into like the sea and the air and everything will be impacted once we understand the purpose of sex. And I'm not speaking hyperboles here. This is not, uh, these are not empty words. This is like, this is so foundational. And if you can get it, everything changes from here. So please listen carefully. Let's go. Hey, you. Welcome back. Today, I am not going to hyperventilate. You know, sometimes when I do these shows by myself, I speak so fast that I get dizzy. <laughs> I gotta just chill. I gotta just chill. So today we're gonna have a nice chill time, and we're gonna, I'm gonna do this by myself. I, I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy, and I can do a podcast when I wanted when I want to do one, but I don't have to ask anybody's help. And here's why: this topic. I realized that I don't. I don't think we've ever done a podcast episode about this. And it's a topic that is so ridiculously foundational. But it's so basic that it eludes everybody. And it's, what is the purpose of sex, right? And this is not a psychological perspective. This is a holistic, just why do we care so much? Why is this so important and, and what's the purpose? And the reason why I wanted to bring it up, first of all, is because most people have some sort of sexual dysfunction. They have some weird relationship with sex. And they want to fix it, but they don't understand, well, well, what's the point of sex in the first place? And if you try to fix a problem and you don't understand the purpose of the thing that you're trying to fix, then the chances that you're actually going to come to a healthy resolution is very small. So think about it. There are people all across the world who have some sort of dysfunctional relationship with their sexuality, they would like to fix it, but they don't know the purpose of sex. You have to understand that this is where our movement, the unification movement, the family-fed movement, the Holy Spirit, heavenly, holy community for holy, heavenly, high spirits, whatever we're called, we are in a unique position to actually answer that, not with theology, but with a truth that rings so clearly and it resonates so perfectly with like your your bones. You know, when I speak about this stuff, I cannot just repeat information from my head that I haven't fought with to understand. It's just not how I operate. I feel like a fraud. So if somebody tells me something and then I just parrot that information I just go uh -uh, he said this I feel completely empty and I it's not a good feeling so when I speak about stuff it's after wrestling with the idea 
You know, all of the talks that I give and have helped to create for High Noon, they're all coming from ideas that I've wrestled with either by myself because I've through a lot of prayer, through a lot of debate, or something that I've inherited from somebody else through healthy debate and conversation and philosophizing, right? And just not from a shallow place. And this topic in particular, what is the purpose of sex, wasn't, a, wasn't a, an issue, it wasn't an item in our conversations that we were having until like year six, something like that, six or seven into the process of talking about high noon stuff. Think about that. For six years we were talking about sex, and for six years we didn't really address the topic of what is the purpose of sexuality? And this is even after reading True Parents' words, it's kind of like they hit us, but they didn't sink in. This was True Father's, one of his biggest pains, I'm sure, is that whenever he would talk about these deep things, it was this information usually fell on deaf ears because we're really, you know, just dealing with life at a very superficial level a lot of times. So I... I, I Please open your mind and let's go on a journey because I want to, I've created even, I'm pulling slides out here that you can't see. I've taken notes. Like this is organized. Y'all don't even know, but I'm organized today for you because I want you to get this. I want you to really catch this. If you can understand this topic, your life will be exponentially more simplified and more enjoyable because it's a basic thing that most people do not have on lock. So first, I wanted to talk about the what the world says about this, right? Because if you ask most people, and this is the scary part, and this is why I high noon, we advocate do not learn about sex from the internet, because the the internet only gives you information, and it's disjointed from love. You need to talk to people. Sex is ultimately about other people. Spoiler alert. It's about other people. So you should learn about it from other people and not just nameless, faceless other people. You don't want to be having sex with nameless, faceless other people. So why are they the ones informing your view and your understanding of sexuality? Okay, so first and foremost, most people learn about sex from other people that don't care about them and that they don't care about. So this is a bad first start. So that's either through education, you know, you Google or for the most part, it's from porn, to be honest, which again are nameless, faceless people in a sea of nameless, faceless people. And then your sex is now deeply entwined and interconnected with namelessness and facelessness. So just nothing. That's not a good way to start, okay? So how does the world view sex? Like what would they say? If you were to ask your professor, your boss, your neighbor, what is the purpose of sex? What do you think that they'd say? Well, most people would actually say that it's just for enjoyment. It's just for the sake of itself. That's, if you think about it, that's what movies, and that's especially what advertising, like supermodels being super attractive, everything in our world is guiding us towards wanting sex as that is the goal, that is that is the end goal, is to have sex. And that's ridiculous because sex is not an end point. It's in many ways a beginning point or at least a middle point. 
But we believe deep in our hearts that it's the end point. It's why we buy the leather jacket to look cool to get the girl. Or it's why the woman wears that really nice dress to attract the man to seal the deal, right? Like that's that's how we organize and arrange so much of our life is to be attractive to the people that we want to ultimately have sex with. And that's how the world presents it, like what sex is and is meant to be. Is like that's the end goal. And then they'll just kind of, you know, and walk away. See, I solved your problem. You asked me a question and I give you an answer. The purpose of sex is sex. And even just at a very basic level, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> right? Because there's something happening. There's an exchange happening. So what is that exchange and how important is that exchange between two people? So one thing I would love for you to understand is that the world teaches us what I call the masturbation model for sex. It's completely self-serving. It's about you training yourself to learn what you want and getting other people in your life to give you that. That's what porn teaches us. That's what all, you know, education that came from Playboy that then went into movies and it's all very self-serving, okay? And what it does is it trains us to basically just focus on the body and what it wants. It's very what's called hedonistic, which is feeding your senses, your physical senses, and making those the dominant force in your life. So hedonism is all about, I want this, so therefore I need it. And so therefore it's the most important thing in my life. Now in that, if you can imagine the human body or the human as four parts, the mind, the heart, the spirit, and the body, okay? When you live in the masturbation model, it's all about the body. The mind has very little say. When the body is trained, like when you're really feeling sexual and you've trained yourself to just feed your body when it wants food, have sex when it wants to have sex, then your mind has no say. Because it's like, uh, are you sure this is a good idea? Shut up! Get back there, right? Your heart, completely cut out of the conversation. And your spirit is in a headlock and it's tapped out. It is not awake during this transaction because your body is completely in charge. So what ends up happening is that it trains your brain to view sex as a hormonal need. I need it. Just look at any advice from psychologists. They say you need to release semen. You need to have sex. You need to masturbate. This, you have to understand, comes from Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey, that came from Freud, which is this flawed view that we're basically just animals. And if you refrain or kind of, I don't know, control yourself, dare I say control yourself, that is actually a form of repression in their view is that you're actually doing yourself and society harm by not acting out on your hormonal needs, your sexual lust. That's what we're trained. And again, it's like, it runs so deep. It runs so deep and it's in the sub subtext of all of the marketing and all the movies that we watch. Okay? So it trains our 
brains to and trains our view to just think that sex is is a hormonal thing. It trains us artistically to be distant from other people during the act of sex. So that's what hookup culture is, right? All these apps that are just about hooking up and having sex, never allowing yourself to put your heart in the mix because that's dangerous. Love is dangerous, but sex is safe, right? That's how we view it. And what ends up happening is you end up having a very calloused heart. You become cold-hearted in the area of sex. You just use people. When you watch porn, for instance, you never care about the people on the screen. You never wonder, why are they in these movies? Are they okay? To be honest, I don't, we don't have exact statistics, but a massive, massive amount of porn actors and actresses are either being drugged and forced into that act, or there's they're being forced because somebody's stolen their passport and they're just being used. Like, there's so many, very, and it's not everybody, right? But I guarantee you, if you watch porn for any amount of time, you've seen these people and you didn't know that it was them because they're acting like they're just having a good time when in fact they're just slaves. We don't know. You cannot, but if you play a percentage game, you've absolutely seen. If you've watched porn, somebody who was doing this act against their will and they were a slave. But we never even consider that when we're in a possessed state. When our body has possessed our senses, we are not thinking with our hearts whatsoever, empathetically. Our empathy is low. And actually porn, they've done studies, really destroys your sense of empathy in general. Regard, like Not even just about sex, but in general, you become a less empathetic person. You just become a more needy and taking person instead of a caring, giving person, right? And in terms of spirit, it teaches, like the masturbation model teaches you to use sex as a tool of avoidance and escapism, escaping hard work. But actually, when you get into the blessing and marriage long term, sometimes sexuality is work because you have to restrain yourself. You have to control yourself as a man. In order to really pleasure your wife, you have to take care of her needs. And it means slowing down. It means breathing. It means focusing on their needs. And that is spiritual work. If, if your body's just in control, you don't care about that person. You're just there for your needs. And then you're in and you're out and you're done. But if you've trained your spirit to actually care for somebody, then all of a sudden now you're sacrificing your pleasure for theirs or at least you're delaying your pleasure for theirs. And if it's a healthy relationship, then there's reciprocity. You have two people now giving each other pleasure and that's their focus and that's beautiful, but that's the opposite of what the masturbation model teaches us. So you have to understand that in this world, we're taught that our desires, our sexual desires should dictate our actions. And when you live like that, your life becomes very terrible. You lose control. That's what is projected as being the ultimate freedom, right? If you're given this freedom to do whatever you want, have sex with anybody all the time, as much as you want, no consequences, what is actually the price? Well, the price is now you're a slave to your urges. 
So what is being sold to us as freedom is actually slavery. We are now a slave to needing sex as a way to feel normalized in this world. Rather than being a whole person that gives freely their sex to their partner, to their lifelong spouse, it's a very, very different spirit. Okay? So that's kind of like the negative. I'm focusing on the negative first so that I can end with the positive. Because if we look at, well, if the purpose of sex isn't sex, then what is the purpose of sex? Well, guess what? I got three quotes right here from the man, True Father. Now, True Mother doesn't speak a whole lot on sexuality, and I can see why. She's from North Korea in a very conservative time, and it's not at all something that she feels she wants to talk about. True Father, that was his thing. And he's a very different person. So to not compare them is important. But because Truvada was who he was, we have a plethora. We have an abundance of quotes on the topic. So I just picked out three really good ones. By the way, all of them can be found in the Core of the Universe book. Find it on a new website coming out. I don't know, by the time this comes out, this episode, maybe the website will be live. Go to highnoon.org. Check out Core of the Universe. Okay, here's the first quote. This is from 1986. If a man insisted on absolute ownership over his reproductive organ and a woman did the same with hers, both would remain exactly where they are without moving for all eternity. This is not right. Pause. This is Andrew speaking again. Think about that. Think about where our society is at. Don't you think that that's basically dating as we know it? That they're just insistent on their own sexuality towards each other, and so they're stuck, which means they can't have long-lasting relationships. So what do they do? They justify it, and they just get into more relationships, and they have what's called body counts. They're just having this kind of trail of people that they've slept with, with no meaning, no value, no connection emotionally, spiritually, just bodies why because they're stuck okay going back to the quote now in order to have the other come to my side and for me to go to the other side ownership should be exchanged marital love is that kind of action the value of the action of giving and receiving appears only when the ownership of the reproductive organs has been exchanged through marriage pause again you cannot Offer ownership to your spouse, everybody listening, unless you have ownership over your sexual organ. This is what we're training through our Ascend program, okay? This is what we're training through any conversations you have with us is helping you to reclaim ownership over your sexuality. You do not have ownership over your sexuality if you use your sex to escape through porn, through masturbation. That is not ownership. You're actually just using your sex in order to escape. That is not healthy, and that is not ownership. Back to the quote, last paragraph of this first quote. When a wife faces her husband, is her reproductive organ her own? The owner of the wife's organ of love is her husband. The owner of the husband's organ of love is his wife. Since we haven't realized this until now, the world became licentious. This law is absolute. This is why marital love is great, because in it, ownership is exchanged absolutely. So think about this. 
one of the purposes of sexuality is exchanging it, offering it to your spouse, and likewise them offering it to you, of this exchange, and sex isn't just physical, right? It's offering, being spiritually naked in front of somebody means vulnerable, emotionally naked in front of somebody, being completely physically naked in front of somebody, being totally there for somebody is not easy. It requires you to have a mind to give and the discipline to give it and a heart and a spirit and a body to give to somebody else. And if they want it and they offer theirs to you, it's the most beautiful thing in the world because it's choosing the same person again and again and again and again. And you go deeper and deeper and deeper into each other's love. It's so beautiful. Okay, this one is, here's the next quote. Quote, God wants a love partner. Thus, centering on the place where husband and wife become one through their sexual organs, God wants to appear and meet us. Why is that place where man and woman become one centering on God? It is because love is absolute. And that place is where man and woman have absolute desire to become one. I think I butchered that. I might have copy and pasted it slightly wrong. <laughs> but basically it's saying, where is it that God wants to experience love? It's where man and woman become one. So another massive reason and purpose for sex itself is for God's pleasure through us. And not the physical act of sex. That is not inspiring. Is two bodies creating friction. Think about how inspiring that is to God. It's not very inspiring at all. It's just flesh. Flesh is flesh. It's two hearts who have been through life together, two minds who are focused on the needs of each other and who can have the spiritual discipline to serve one another with their bodies. That is inspiring. That is poetic. That is beauty personified. And you compare that to two random people hooking up who gives a crap about that? That's cheap and it disappears. It's gone the second it's over. Nothing happened. In fact, it's a losing transaction because now both of those people are further away from themselves than they were before. They're lost. They've lost a little bit of each other to each other. Okay, last quote. Why were the sexual organs created? Certainly not just for one individual person or another. They were given to you for the great way of heaven and earth and the great providential governance of heaven and earth. How will the ideal world come upon the earth in the future? Until now, because of Satan, we were ignorant regarding the owners of the sexual organs and how they came to be created. In order to disclose this truth and to clean away the evil and foul tumult and turmoil of Satan, both on earth and in heaven, I came forth and hoisted my banner. Come on, guys. So what we're talking about is that sex has been a massive catalyst for hell on earth and in heaven. So people being tortured by sex and through sex here on earth, leading to a lifetime of trauma, leading to a spiritual hell, which is where you're disconnected from love in the spirit world, right? 
And now, in these last days, that sex is actually going to be the catalyst for Chanil Guk. Think about that. Hainun culture, the culture that's already in the process of being created by every interaction that you have based on the five Hainun virtues, right? When we're practicing being honest people, accountable people, graceful people, integritous, I don't even know if that's a word, people, and courageous people. When we practice that, we are becoming Chanil Guk, and sexuality is at the core of that. So what is the purpose of sex? The purpose of sex is it is the, if, if not the, one of a short list of catalysts that are going to usher in the world that God's been longing for since the beginning of time. Did you ever think that that would be the answer? I really want you to pray about this. This is incredibly deep. And again, it's not the physical act of sex. A lot of people cannot equate the physical act of sex with a better world because they're thinking about it very externally. But if you think about the fact that sex is what bridges the gap between the past, present, and future, right? All of your lineage comes through into the future through the act of sex. It is it what mer- is what God it what actually makes Chanogok substantially possible when two become one. The idea of two become one is only actually possible through the act of sex. And subsequently, I guess, having a baby, because a mom and the baby inside of her is two becoming one. But that's only possible through the act of sex. It's bananas, everybody, okay? So the work that you're doing in high noon working on your sexual integrity it is not merely to stop watching porn that's just the beginning it is to be able to experience the fulfillment of god's greatest dream which was to be together in the center of a blessed family making love in god's name that's the essence of the kingdom of heaven on earth that's nobody's talking like that and it's not us this is coming from true parents this is why they came to this earth to revolutionize how we think and how we operate in this world and sex is a massive part of it so i hope this was helpful i hope you can really see the distinction between the earthly masturbation selfish model and the heavenly channel gook like futuristic gonna save the world model of sex i hope you can see that and feel that in your bones please let me know what inspiration you got from this any questions you have at all please reach out it's been swell take care